Are we going to get a copyright strike? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, cool. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing something. <laughs> point is it was kind of a bummer of a week one <laughs> it was an awful week one 17 more to go <laughs> well if this is the nfl season this year somebody needs to get fired for whatever script they wrote you know it all makes sense when you remember that the writer strike is going on right now because i don't know who wrote this crap but uh <laughs> you can't make this up what we're about to talk about you can't make this up Two best um friends. No, wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs. Or the Colt. Or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force. As a clip Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out, it was silent. The 2M football show starts now. All right, let's try to get excited here at least a little bit. Week one in the books. It was a weird one. Low scoring across the board. There were fewer total touchdowns scored around the league than any of the past couple seasons. Um. Matt, are you ready to rage quit fantasy and give up on all your predictions? Because uh, that's that's how I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I have my fantasy issues, but it really came from who I bench mm. and going off of, you know, and your opponent, what experts <laughs> and what they said they were going to do, and the fact that you played the highest score in the league. Uh, my wife again somehow. <laughs> I don't know how I get the like unluckiest of matchups. I like I I scored well, but just not well enough. Well, <clears throat> we're gonna talk about all of it. Like any opening weekend of NFL action, plenty of upsets galore, blowouts, injuries, and uh, fantasy heartbreak too, to go along with our real world heartbreak. Um, and we're gonna get into it all on today's show, starting with the. Recap some of the top headlines from the week, talk about our playoff sleepers, check in on them, and then discuss a few of the other most interesting games uh, from around the league this weekend. After that, we'll rank and discuss each week two game. It's right around the corner as we record this on Wednesday. We're just about, we do a little quick math here, 30 hours away from kickoff of week two with Thursday Night Football. So we'll talk about all those games. And then venture into the fantasy corner and discuss all the details of, of first impressions of our teams, potential regrets. And I my, am so excited. That is my favorite part of the show. I mean, I always like to say that's the main reason I wanted to start a podcast was just to have a platform to complain about my fantasy team. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> but before we get there, let's start with the headlines and there's nowhere else to start besides Aaron Rodgers. Tearing his Achilles, just four plays into his Jets debut. Didn't even complete a pass before leaving the game after a sack uh, and limping off the field. You could tell it wasn't good, and MRI Tuesday confirmed that it was an Achilles tear. 
I think just, what's always like yeah. terrible is when they replay, like now that it, the, the footage is out there, people have been like posting the slow motion clip and it's always like makes you cringe when you can see like he plants his foot to like try to avoid the sack and you can see like the ripple on the back of his leg where you can see when the Achilles intended tore. Yeah. It's just like, Oh man, the slow mo just makes it look so much worse. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> but yet you still look like 12 times cause you're like, Oh, there it goes. Oh no. <laughs> it's just such a bummer, man. I was, I, you know, you know, I was all in on the jets. So it, from personally, it sucks. Having drafted several of them on my fantasy team, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. your fault. You were too much into the Jets. But how about, um, I mean, what the Jets gave up to acquire him, all the excitement around that team since, like, February when <laughs> Rodgers made it known that he was ready to be traded. And uh, the, just a brutal Not ball. only just how this affects the Jets, it affects Green Bay. Green Bay gave Rodgers up for basically a second-round pick now. Right. He's not going to reach the 65% of snaps threshold that would have made it a first rounder. So, yeah, disappointing from the Packers perspective, too. And conspiracy theorists are having a field day. <laughs> and, and people always say that Achilles tear is one of the most brutal injuries to rehab and, and come back from. And coming at his age, it begs the question if he'll even play again. Uh, I think he'll be 40 this season, so we'll see. I hope he, hopefully, he does come back. Before the season, he had indicated it was his intention to play at least the two years with the Jets. Um, but this is an injury I think he hasn't had before. He's had, you know, finger issues, collarbone a couple times, but I don't know if he's ever had a lower leg issue like this. So, and that was the the bookend. That was the Monday night game. So. Uh, which was still an incredible game, which we'll get to in a second. But that was this this news overshadowed pretty much everything else that happened in week one. Uh, a couple other headlines. The Chiefs did reach an agreement with Chris Jones, their star defensive tackle, who was holding out all offseason for a new contract, sat out their week one loss to Detroit as well. Uh, but now they have agreed to a one year contract extension uh, with lots of incentives in it. And uh, apparently he's set to play as early as week two. Another contract news, the Bengals signed Joe Burrow to a five-year, $275 million extension. He is now the highest paid player in league history. This happened before the week one game where he went out and threw for 82 yards against the Browns. And <laughs> yeah, as a, but the Bengals had a rough week one last year, too. So Yes, yes, they did. They just they don't ever come out swinging, I guess, is is the way that works. But we'll get into that later. Yes, we will. Uh, and then there was some some more Jonathan Taylor news. The Colts running back, he's still on injured reserve for now, so he won't be eligible to return until week five. Still a lot of buzz around him getting traded potentially. And remember, uh, we discussed last time that the Packers were apparently interested, um, but the Colts wanted Christian Watson. They're Number one receiver, just done his second year, uh, at which point they, in my opinion, rightfully ended the discussions because that would be an absolute no-go. <laughs> yeah, we already have two good running backs. There's no need to give up our top wide receiver for another one. Yeah, um, but keep your eye on Miami because apparently the Dolphins are still in the mix uh, as a potential be an excellent addition to that offense. Yeah, yeah. 
Do they even need it? Look what they did. We're going to talk about it in a second. To the games. And starting with our playoff sleepers. I guess I'll go first. The Commanders <clears throat> very unconvincingly <laughs> beat the Cardinals 20-16. to 16. Uh, They didn't have Chase Young, who's expected out to week three with a neck injury. Um, and for for Arizona, it was Josh Dobbs getting the start at quarterback because Kyler Murray's still on IR. Yeah, this was this game should not have been this close given the state of the Cardinals as an organization right now. Um, <laughs> That's just a but, team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just the guys on the field; it's the, the entire organization. Uh, and the Commanders actually trailed in the fourth quarter. Even um, they played good defense. At which you, which was expected, going against Dobbs and uh, no real dominant wide receiver for him to throw to even. Uh, but the offense, the commander's offense, which is another unit that's been generating a lot of hype in the preseason, uh, was very bad. Sam Howell took six sacks. He threw an interception and lost a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, um, the Cardinals' only touchdown of the day. But they did end up getting the week one win. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> My commanders, 1-0. and The Broncos, Woo! yeah, the Broncos were not so, uh, didn't have as favorable a result. Uh, as the That's Sean not Payton, to say from lack of trying. They tried. The Sean Payton era begins in, or began in Denver. And just like he did in that one uh, Super Bowl, he started off with a surprise onside kick. Which was just amazing. Which Denver recovered actually, but unfortunately, he they they picked it up just short of the ten yards. The ball has to travel before they're allowed to touch it, so it was a penalty. And uh, of course, they the Raiders were ready for it the next time, so they just had to kick it deep. Um, so that was an exciting start to the game. The rest of the game, not so exciting. The offense, <laughs> the offense was terrible. <clears throat> they didn't have Jerry Judy, a wide receiver. I mean, they didn't have. Arguably, there's second, third, and fourth receivers, at least on the original depth chart, <laughs> before they all got hurt. Right. But, um, so that could, you know, that excuses them a little bit, I guess. They scored just the 16 points. And uh, the reason it was 16 and not 17, remember we discussed in the offseason, it was kind of weird they let Brandon McManus go there. He's been their kicker for a long time. He's been really good for them. And lo and behold, the new guy, whose name I didn't even bother writing down, he missed his first extra point, and that ended up being the difference in the game. <laughs> they lost by one point. Uh, the Everybody thing, makes fun of kickers until it comes down to these clutch moments, and it's like, man, wish we, we had probably should have paid the guy. Yeah. Um, and kind of the weird thing is there were no big mistakes. Everyone had a solid game, but... They just could not make any big plays happen. Um, oh, yeah, in addition to Judy leaving the, or not playing in this game, Greg Dulcich, their tight end, left early, which also means I'm going to have to change my fantasy team name. I saw on the transaction was you dropped them, and I've been waiting <laughs> in anticipation I need uh, to, because I, need I have to change look. my name too. <laughs> yeah, I need to find a new Star Wars pun. Uh, plenty of new faces on my roster. I was very active on the waiver wire this week. <laughs> so I'll find something. Don't you worry. I, I am. I have believe in the force with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Wilson was 27 of 34, which is a great completion percentage, but only for 177 yards, which is just 
5.2 yards per attempt. And their leading receiver was the backup running back, Samaj P. Ryan, with just 37 yards. So that kind of – Sorry, I do want to interject one thing mm-hmm. to encompass all of this. It is week one. Yeah, it's important to keep that in mind. <laughs> like, so many teams start from behind week one that turn out to be surprise players later in the game. And I don't care how much preseason time you've played – everybody's rusty week one. So the real question is who is less rusty? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point to keep in mind here, especially the teams that are undergoing or that underwent a lot of change in the off season, right? Like, like the Broncos with the brand new offensive system being installed by Sean Payton. And we know it works. We've seen the system work in uh, new Orleans all those years. So there will certainly be an adjustment period. And that's to be expected. Yes. Uh, the Denver defense was good as expected. They held Josh Jacobs just two and a half yards per carry picked off Garoppolo once. Uh, they just couldn't make a one more stop at the end of the game when they were trying to get the ball back for Russ to have one more shot. And this was actually the seventh win for the Raiders in a row between these two teams. That kind of surprised me to, to read that stat. Yeah, that's a, you know, every team seems to just have that one that they can't get past. For us, it's the 49ers in the postseason, apparently. Right. For the Colts, it's playing in Jacksonville or at home to Jacksonville, uh, as they did in week one and lost. But let's talk about your playoff sleepers for a minute. So mine went one and one. And they actually did not score as well. But that was not to say from lack of trying. So the bigger one. Let's talk about the lesser one. Uh, the Steelers absolutely got handed uh, by the Niners at every every aspect of the game. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> I only watched maybe a little bit of highlight reels because when I saw it, that it was just the Steelers could not move the football to save their lives, and the 49ers just dominated from start to finish on offense, and then defensively they just kept it going. So. What surprised me more was the Vikings and the Bucks because this came down to a really good game. However, yeah. I compare the Vikings, and this is, sounds bad until I get into it, the same thing that happened to the Giants. Their offensive line just completely left the field. <laughs> um, it didn't help that the Vikings were playing with a backup center. Yeah, that was a which, big job. It's a position that I think gets made fun of. I've, all right, don't don't hate me, but I've listened to clips from the Kelsey's podcast uh, where they talk about like you know the difference in playing different positions on the field, and center gets overlooked. But I think it went to show just how important having a solid center uh, really yeah. means a lot to the exchange between the quarterback and, and that offensive line, especially because the center controls pass protection and, and, right. and assignments and stuff. And if you don't have that, you know, rapport with them, it clearly shows because Cousins was under pressure at almost every snap. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and and that ended up affecting the the gap creation for, you know, like Madison. He couldn't get any room to run. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will say the bright spot is the Minnesota defense did look really good. Um 
much better than they had looked most of last season. They yeah. held, you know, the Bucks only, you know, two almost two and a half yards per carry and kept Baker under uh, 175 passing yards, which, by the way, Baker did look good. I have to give he him did. credit. He was, yeah, yeah. My favorite highlight that I see everywhere is when he took off running to his right and just, like, doused a defender. And everyone <laughs> was like, that's that's the Baker Mayfield we know. He seems to be having fun again. Yeah, which is good to see after a rough way it ended in Cleveland and a Kind of a weird year split between two teams last season. It's his first his chance to start again. But I think the the Vikings just have to get had their O line has to shore up. I'm not concerned about this. I know it's a loss. Everybody likes to make fun of them, but I I don't put this all on Cousins. I do think that the offensive line completely collapsed, and yeah. and when it's they hard for did. even the best quarterbacks to maintain composure when you're under pressure almost every snap. Right, and when he did have enough time to throw, Justin Jefferson was running wide open almost every time, and he had a. I was very happy when those completions <laughs> happened. Yeah, and the rookie, right, uh, Jordan Addison. They. I have both, really good. and I feel like I've made solid choices. Yeah, I questioned it, uh, but they were both very good, and. Uh, questioned it and didn't say anything to me. Thank you. Oh no! Just, just I meant in when I was trash talking you behind your back. I questioned. It. <laughs> oh. Good to know. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, you're full of crap. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Positive signs from the defense, which is, was uh, something they needed to improve from last year. And Brian, Brian Flores, week one as the coordinator, um, looked pretty good. And so, we'll, yeah, like you said, I don't know how serious the injury was to their starting center. Hopefully he can come back. Otherwise, uh, they might need to try to shore that up somehow. All right, so those are the playoff sleepers. Um, let's just talk about a couple other games really quick. The Lions, in case you didn't know, <laughs> beat the Chiefs on opening Thursday night. Uh, just one game, but based on how well they played and then what happened to the Vikings, I, I'm starting to see where Vegas was coming from, giving Detroit the best odds to win this division. They really lived up to that. Um, you know what made me mad about this was at the end of it, I think it was one of the commentators made a comment that the game has to have an asterisk for the Lions win because there was no Jones and no Kelsey. And it really kind of frustrated me because it's like, hey, people go down all the time. It's always been the policy of every team is next man up. You either Mm -hmm. put up or you go home. And the Lions earned this win. Yeah, I mean, I don't you can only play who's there across the field. Right. And. I, like, the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey made a difference, maybe, but <laughs> of course he would have. But um, like Darius yeah. Tony could have also like caught the football. That's the thing. Um, the Chiefs, even without Kelsey, absolutely should have won this game, and they probably would have if if Tony had hands that weren't made out of bricks. But coated uh, in butter. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's more like what it was. The ball literally just went right. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, the pick six that went there was a, there's a screenshot uh, that I saw going around where the ball is in his hands and the caption is this play turned out to be an interception return for a touchdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, he I mean it's hard to it's hard to pin it on one player. A lot of stuff happens in a game of football, but Kadarius Tony kind of lost in this game. 
Mahomes did all he could, but uh, when he's putting the ball, and it wasn't just Tony, all, all the Chiefs receivers underwhelmed. Uh, but the Lions, for their part, they did they did great stuff. Uh, they continue to be fun going for it. Uh, they, were, they did a fake punt in the first quarter on a fourth From down. From their own 18. Yeah. Yeah, like, and they got it. Who so makes these decisions? It's incredible. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing about this team. The Lions look like they're having fun. Yeah, they play and with as a, weird like a as swagger. It says that this is a job for them, and it's like you're getting paid a lot of money to do a very specific thing. The teams that kind of have fun with it are usually the ones that wind up winning a lot of games. I get like we we look at the Patriots in New England and Bill Belichick's all like, you know, almost military way he runs the team. But then you have like the complete opposite end of Dan Campbell. And it works like the atmosphere. I can only imagine how like the atmosphere of that facility must be. It's got to be dynamite. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, the Chiefs didn't have Kelsey or Jones, but I think just the main takeaway should be that the Lions really impressive win by the Lions, you know, in Arrowhead first game of the season. That's a tough environment, no matter who's on the other side of the field. So and I just wanted on record that I had picked them to win. You evil genius. <laughs> that was before we even knew about Kelsey. <laughs> so hats off. Hats off to you. That was a good call. I always get mad about this because I should have put money on that one because I'm pretty sure that would have been a, a a decent return. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, Bills at Jets. Let's talk about the Monday night game. Oh, my um, God, this disaster fest. I was, I mean, I was watching from the beginning. I had the... I watched, you know, I was, I had it turned on already watching them run out of the tunnel. There was so much excitement was palpable at MetLife Stadium. I saw like five minutes of the fourth quarter after we got done unloading the truck. And that's all I needed to know how bad well, this game was. Pretty good too, though. I mean, it was an exciting game. <laughs> the crowd just going absolutely wild as Rogers ran out of the field, uh, carrying a giant flag, just amazing scenes. But then <laughs> very quickly, before he even had completed a pass, uh, yeah, the unthinkable happened. Took that sack, went down, came up limping, carted to the locker room. Like, oh, my God. Which meant Zach Wilson came in. <laughs> and he wasn't great still. We'll see what he's learned after a couple months of, uh, you know, off-season program with Rodgers. Uh, well, looked- it, in this game, it didn't help that the Bills kind of gave them the football more times than they should have. Yeah, four Josh Allen turnovers, which you don't usually see. Um, but but this even without like Rodgers, to year one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it was all just him kind of chucking it deep, and the safety uh, Jordan Whitehead was there time after time. So yeah, they got. I the, would have thought after maybe the second interception, don't throw it towards Whitehead's, you know, direction. That's kind of the rule. But uh. Yeah, especially because they didn't. It's not like they were losing, you know. It's not like they had to just chuck it and try to score quickly. It was tight game the whole time. Uh, they also sacked him five times, and which you rarely see with someone as elusive as Josh Allen. But this is a good. I mean, these Jets, Rogers aside, this team is not bad. This was a great defense last year. Remember we talked about it in the preview. They were seven and four at one point last year. Obviously, without Rogers. So this yeah, is a good team. Bringing good that up, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Garrett Wilson made just an unbelievable one-handed touchdown catch to tie the game late. 
That was that's really what set it up. <laughs> Bills kicked a field goal that uh, sent it to overtime. It doinked off the upright, but still went through it. But then in overtime, Jets rookie punt returner, star of Hard Knocks this offseason, Xavier Gibbs, Gibson, 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 returned a <laughs> punt to the I'll house. let you figure that one out. Just give you a minute there. I did write this, even though it's like I'm reading it for the first time. Uh, <laughs> he, he returned a, a punt to the house for the walk-off touchdown. So Jets get the win against all odds after losing Rodgers. But uh, what's next for them? I don't know. It's exciting to see, though. I think I think they'll be okay. If I, the I defense a, continues to yeah. play the way they did against the Bills, Right. They're going to give the offense opportunities. And that's really just what you need is to give the offense opportunities. Yeah. And even though they won't have Rodgers, there are two running backs, uh, Dalvin Cook, but especially Brees Young just looked, or Brees. Brees Hall. Brees Hall, sorry. <laughs> my mind is scattered. Uh, they did just look incredible. You, usually so. those are my, my mistakes. Brees Hall. My job to mention wrong player names. I think I was thinking of Bryce Young. I don't know. It's all just a word scramble in my head. <laughs> all right. Let's move quickly here. Uh, actually, this is the last one I have extensive notes on. Packers, Bears. Ah, oh, the rematch is the way to kick it off. And I wasn't invited to see it. <laughs> to be fair to, to me, I, I was invited last minute, and it was just the one ticket. I got to be there in person for this. It was incredible. i punch you when I see you next time. <laughs> This was exciting, but so frustrating, especially because you have to put on the first line here that second half. Like, Christian Watson was ruled out with a mm-hmm. hamstring injury, and then everybody said that Dobbs was going to be on a snap count, which I guess he was. He was, but he made the most However, of However, <laughs> this jerk decides to catch two touchdown passes on my bench. Oh, that's why you're upset about that. I, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, he's on a snap count. So I put Jordan Reed in thinking, okay, or Jaden Reed, mm-hmm. because with a snap count limiter, especially on a wide out, like the number two, or Dobbs would have been the number one with Watson rolled out. Like, I'm like, okay, this gives perfect opportunity. No, no, not happy. I mean, I, I, but I think your logic was correct. You know, no one knew what to expect from Jordan Love. It's a tough road environment. No one knew what to expect from the Bears' defense either. Apparently, the answer was not much. <laughs> it was kind of a cagey first half. Uh, Bears kind of dominated time of possession, um, but only managed two field goals uh, for all their time with the ball. And the Packers led 10-6 at the break on uh, on the first. The first Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs touchdown. But uh, after halftime, the Packers just dominated. They got the ball first, got Aaron Jones super involved, made some big plays uh, in the passing game, uh, scored a quick touchdown. Yep. If you look at, if you go back and just watch the footage, Green Bay adapted and changed. Like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like, the first half, a lot of times, is figuring each other out. Yeah. Because you can watch all the tape in the world, but people are always trying to one-up, right? So your first half really is figuring out what is the other team doing. You go to halftime, you break into your huddles, 
you kind of come up with a new game plan, you change and tweak some things, and then you come in the second half with kind of a refreshed plan. The Bears looked like they didn't adjust at all. The second half looked like the first half. And what's frustrating is it didn't work. And yet they kept trying it. It was weird. Yeah, I don't know if this was the game plan or if Fields just wasn't comfortable pushing the ball downfield. But I saw this stat afterwards. So he had 37 pass attempts. A couple of weird things. Only two of those were targeting their new shiny acquisition of DJ Moore. So, oh, they uh, they lit they lit up the offensive coordinator for that. Like, because somebody said, I guess something was made in a press conference, or the assumption was he was double covered, and everyone's like, every top you know number one wide receiver in the league is double covered, but everybody gets them the ball. Yeah, that's that's no excuse. Uh, but so that was one issue because when he did target him, that he completed it and he looked really good. Um, but only three of those 37 pass attempts traveled more than 10 air yards down the field. So a lot of dink and dunk, dumping it off quickly, get the ball out of his hands. But it it was it was going nowhere. And one of the things I noticed being in the stadium that I don't know if it was caught in the broadcast was the booze, like the, and the the change in mood from you know the beginning of the game. I've never heard a stadium as loud as when Justin Fields was announced running onto the field. Uh, you know, just the excitement around the stadium. But then by the third quarter, they were booing him for handoffs. They were booing short passes. <laughs> it was crazy, uh, and, it, and it looked terrible. I get it though, because they were down big by that point, and they still didn't adjust. They didn't. He never tried to really push it down the field, which is odd but uh the yeah the packers were awesome though there was another um kind of a broken play jordan love found the the rookie tight end luke musgrave for a huge gain uh should have been a touchdown he kind of tripped over himself trying to catch it oh my god he looked like he like that was his first time running on a football field like (laughs) he just looked visually watching it happen he just looks so slow i mean he's a tight end you know what can you expect but it was it was it was a good use of uh, it was a good use of like his scramble skills. So there's there's a lot of potential here. So while the Bears kind of almost helped the Packers win this by their offensive performance, it 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 was a nice start. If anything, this is a good confidence booster game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Love finished the day with 245 pass yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, the, the rookies looked good. Jaden Reed, he, he was returning punts. He caught a few nice passes, did some good things. on yeah, the Musgrave didn't touchdowns. Well, no. <laughs> uh, the only concern is that Aaron Jones apparently got hurt and is not practicing as of today. So we're going to have to check on that one because A.J. Dillon looked awful. He averaged like less than two yards per carry on all his touches. But overall, can't complain, really. Quay Walker had a pick six, so he's starting his redemption arc. No members of the opposing coaching staff were assaulted, which is a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, can't really complain. The Ravens very uninspiringly beat the Texans. Another one that I'm bitter about as someone who invested heavily in Ravens players. Lamar Jackson had a pretty bad game. He threw a red zone interception, fumbled twice, uh, lost one of those. J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles. He's done for the season. I feel like I'm starting to tag Dobbins as injury prone. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. This isn't. This is the second time this has happened, I think. And I think I might have drafted him two years in a row and had this happen as well. So. Oh, so this is your fault. I think it's my fault. I'm putting him on the do not draft list for next year. <laughs> I mean, it's his last year under contract, so he, he probably won't even be on the Ravens next year. Anyway, the Ravens did get the win. Did not look good doing it. Uh, yeah, maybe the biggest surprise of the week. We already uh, touched on a little bit. The Bengals putting up just three points and like 150 yards of offense against the Browns. Uh, Burrow completed less than 50% of his passes. Took a few sacks, but their pressure. He, he looked like Cousins. He just could yeah. not get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Miles, Miles Garrett absolutely dominated this game. Um, so, yeah, let's just move on from that. Just like they're going to try to move on from that one quickly. Maybe the most entertaining game of the week, I don't even have any notes on. The Dolphins beat the Chargers 36-34 in a crazy back-and-forth shootout. No defenses allowed on that field. Huh. Tua looked incredible. Uh, Tyreek Hill against you in fantasy at <laughs> a monster game. Oh, my God. Game. Like, the only thing that would have made that, like, even worse is if your wife had the Dallas defense. Oh, yeah. Yep. Those that they won people, a lot of fantasy matchups, I'm sure. Uh, another big surprise is the Rams beating the Seahawks and not only beating them, uh, but beating them handily on the road, 30 to 13. Stafford's uh, back. Stafford looked amazing. Uh, no Cooper cup ended up not being a problem because they have, the new member of my fantasy team, Puka. Hold on, I need to look it up. Puka Nakua, I think. You spent a lot of money on him. That's what the uh, the expert said to do. <laughs> Puka Nakua, yeah, he's a rookie, I think. Did you notice who I picked up? Uh, no, I did not. Let me see. Or why don't you just tell me while I look it up, too? You picked up. His counterpart. Oh, 2-2? 3-3? Two, two? <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had a good game, too. They, it's amazing. And Van Jefferson was the one who was not utilized. But those two guys were both great, as were the running backs. It was just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where the Rams found their offensive line. I mean, the Seahawks, the pass rush has never been their strength. Uh, but and I think maybe even the bigger surprise was how little Geno Smith and the offense were able to do against a Rams defense that comprised solely of Aaron Donald, pretty much. Did you see that clip going around where uh, Geno Smith was mic'd up and <laughs> and uh, oh god, uh, no, yeah, Donald was bearing down on him, and you just hear him go like, oh my god, and like throw the ball away. <laughs> yeah, I mean. If there's an appropriate response. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. So relatable. Like, Can you imagine going to your progressions? You look left, you look right, you go to look up at your third route, and there's just Aaron Donald coming at you, and you're like, this is how it ends. This is where I die. <laughs> yeah, that was just a funny, uh, funny clip, funny moment. And the Seahawks are going to have to figure some things out after that beatdown. And then, yeah, the Cowboys 40, Giants 0 on Sunday night. Uh, they didn't even have to do anything on offense, thanks to a blocked field goal returned for six and an interception return touchdown as well. They sacked Daniel Jones seven times, two picks, two fumbles. 
Uh, he didn't, none lost. The Giants were able to jump on both of the loose balls. But that looks like a pre-Brian uh, Dable stat line for Jones. That offensive line just wasn't even on the field. Yeah. Like, I only put part of that on Daniel Jones. I'd say 20% of that is on Daniel Jones. The 80% is on an offensive line that needs to be just whipped. Like, <laughs> Well, they just were. Micah Parsons just cracked the whip in all their faces. That was just a poor display on that line. Like, and here's what made me more frustrated. And somebody, another football player, I don't remember who it was in an interview, pointed this out. The Bengals pulled Joe Burrow with five minutes to go, knowing they were losing it. But it's it's a symbolic gesture to protect your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Why did they not pull Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that was actually Micah Parsons who said that, Cowboys uh, linebacker. And even the Packers did it on the other side. Mm -hmm. Like, even halfway through the fourth, like, you're you're getting dominated on the line of scrimmage. Like, you just paid this guy. Like, take the loss with some dignity, but protect your investment. Like, whether you like it or not, they've invested in Daniel Jones. Yeah. What would have made this even worse is imagine with three minutes to go, you're blown out 40 to nothing, and he goes down with an injury. Right. Yeah. Like, I would, at that point, I'd say none of that was Daniel Jones's fault. Like, the Giants made a very bad coaching decision of just keeping him out there. Yep. Agreed on that. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll turn our attention to the week two slate of games. I don't know if you're a plumber or have plumbing skills by any chance, but this one toilet we have makes a noise when you flush it, like it's a rocket ship about to blast off. Like this <laughs> is whistling noise that gets higher and higher pitched, and then it stops. <laughs> any idea what that might mean? <laughs> I'd have to look at it. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have muted myself so that you let you hear it for yourself. All right, next time. It sounds like a Words I've never heard put together, a toilet and a rocket ship. <laughs> All right, we're back. Mike and Matt here on the 2M Football Show previewing week two. You made this comment last week. It's true now. It, this really is Mike's sad index. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad about the Jets. All right, top game of the week for me is the Chiefs. At Jaguars, a rematch of last year's divisional round in the playoffs where the uh, where Kansas City bounced the Jags from the postseason. It was a close game, though, and the Jaguars made just a few key mistakes towards the end that uh, prevented them from having a chance to tie it up and go to overtime, potentially. Uh, probably the biggest injury-related storyline coming in is Travis Kelsey, who the Chiefs are, quote, optimistic about returning to the lineup. And uh, we didn't talk about the Jaguars in week one, but they looked good in a victory over the Colts. Calvin Ridley lived up to all the offseason hype videos. It's just incredible. And uh, I'm actually taking the Jaguars at home to get this win. I have the Chiefs, and they are my eliminator pick. Ooh, that's spicy. You don't want to go with something a little safer? Or maybe you do think it's safe. (laughs) I don't right. think the Chiefs go 0-2. Yeah. But what if they don't have Kelsey? Well, I mean, Kadarius Tony will never drop another football in his life. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. 
I'm pretty sure about that one. Because uh, I wouldn't want to be in that locker room. Couple extra. I mean, you know, the team is going to console him, but like the fan base would probably want to, you know, burn him at the stake. <laughs> I, I think they already do. But yeah, I, I think you're right. He maybe he'll bounce back. They put a few extra coats of the sticky uh, the tack on his gloves for this one. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. I've got a number two, and uh, even though the Ravens won in Week One, I feel like both these teams need to bounce back from their Week One performance. Uh, the Ravens looked awful against the uh, Texans, and yeah, Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards. So, oh, also tight end news: uh, the Ravens didn't have Mark Andrews, their their star pass catching tight end. They're like Kelsey, they are optimistic, but uh, I'm kind of watching it because he's supposed to be my starting tight end. Oof, yeah. So, we'll I mean, see the more. They said it depends on how, if they can get him in a train camp, or not train camp, practice this week. Right. So, if he hasn't practiced by, I'd say, tomorrow, then there's a good chance that uh, they will not be playing. Yeah. I'm taking the Bengals to win this one and get uh, back on track. Like you said, they had a slow start last year with the week one implosion against the uh, Steelers, and uh, they ended up being pretty good. I, too, am going for the Bengals. Seahawks at Lions. I've got number three. I would have moved this one up one. Yeah, I can see that. This is my Ravens bias and trying to trying to will them to be – more competent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a pretty exciting matchup. The Seahawks, obviously a surprise playoff team last year. Didn't look great in week one, but uh, we know what this offense can look like. And we just talked about how great the Lions were in the season opener. And and the nice thing about playing on Thursday is you get a few extra days to prepare for the following week. So And uh, it'll be their home opener. So I'm taking the Lions. I have the Lions as well. I am one for one in the Lions. <laughs> Vikings at Eagles. This is the Thursday oh, night this, game. I'm so excited for this game, yeah. even though I won't get to see most of it. These two teams played in a primetime game last year. That was a brutal one for Kirk Cousins. I think it might have been the Vikings' first loss of the season last year. Um, the Eagles, for their part, uh, they got a win in week one over the Patriots, but didn't look great. And not sure if that was because the you know Belichick defense was good or if they have some growing pains to figure out with all the changes made uh, to their roster in the offseason. Um, I think I'm taking the Eagles. Well, I'm going to take some flack for this one, but because the Vikings have this like they Cousins has this thing against primetime, right? Like that's been sort of the stain on his career, if you will. Yep. However, I think I'm hopeful that their center comes back or at least they get their center back on track. Or at least um, having the same person in practice all week will help with the continuity of it all. So they're not fumbling. So I'm picking the Vikings. But the thing to watch here is, uh, being the fact that I have Jordan Addison, is Darius Slay is probably going to shadow Justin Jefferson. So I'm hoping for a big night for the receivers. Oh, good call. I like it. But I'm going to take the Vikings on this one. Jets at Cowboys. Oh, geez. Here we go. Now I got to listen to you mope for 20 minutes. Uh, this probably would have been, I think this was my game of the week before 
you know, before it happened. We'll say it out loud again. <laughs> the infamous it. <laughs> I'm just so sad. All right. <laughs> Mike, I can't keep doing this. Like, just, all right, it happened. It sucks. Let's go. Taking the Cowboys. Yeah, that defensive display against Daniel Jones, like, and the way they 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 owned it, it's hard to it's hard to almost be against Dallas at this point. Right, and look at what the how bad the Jets' offensive line was. Uh, you know, on the the few snaps that Rodgers played, he was pressured on every single one of them, and uh, things didn't get much better for at least Zach Wilson. The one thing he has over Rodgers is mobility, I guess. And he's going to need to be quick because he's got Micah Parsons coming after him this week. Yeah, taking the Cowboys. But I'm sad. All right, Packers and Falcons. <laughs> Falcons got a week one victory as well over the Panthers. This is a pretty interesting matchup, I think. Um, the, the Falcons are built on running the ball with uh, their first round pick this year. Uh, B. John Robinson and also Tyler Algier, who both had big day, big uh, numbers running the football in week one. And that's kind of what the philosophy of this offense is. I don't know if that bodes well or not for Green Bay. Um, <laughs> they, what are you talking about? We have one of the best DCs in the league. Can't uh, run against Green Bay. <laughs> Ask the 49ers how hard it is to run the football. Yeah. Ask Green Mostert how his 250 rushing yards in that game felt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've uh, beefed up a bit since then. Their two first-round picks on the defensive side of the football in last year's draft. Are, it's just going to have to be Jair Alexander holding down every position on defense. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what to make of the Falcons. It's They, they beat the Panthers, held them to 10 points. It's, they were starting a rookie quarterback and had a very injured wide receiving core. So... I don't know that this Falcons defense is necessarily something to be afraid of. I'm taking the Packers. I am as well. All right. 49ers at Rams. This one actually got a lot more interesting based on the Rams week one performance. And uh, the Niners were one of those few teams, like you referenced at the beginning, who did look completely locked and loaded, ready to go coming into week one. Brock Purdy, still undefeated in games he hasn't gotten injured. And he threw two more touchdown passes in week one. I'm taking the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Sorry, Stafford. I love you, but the, How the crazy would that Niners be? just have it. You have to take the Rams a little seriously if this goes the other way somehow. <laughs> Dolphins and Patriots, the Sunday night game. Uh, kind of mentioned this already. The Patriots played the Eagles tough in week one. And Mac Jones had 300 pass yards. Um, that Bill O'Brien offense already looking miles ahead of what garbage Matt Patricia put out there last last season. Again, who puts a defensive coordinator in an offensive position? But that's fine. That's no not me to judge. I don't no, know what I'm talking no, about. No, we can. We're judging. We can judge that. <laughs> uh, and the Dolphins just looked like an offensive juggernaut uh, in year two with Mike McDaniel, Tua, and Tyreek. And Jalen Waddle, the year two of all those guys together. Um, but they showed very little defensive capability. So I think this game could be pretty interesting. I'm taking the Dolphins, though. I have Miami. 
All right, Browns at Steelers, one of, I think, two Monday night games. What? Yeah, we got a Monday night doubleheader. But it's a weird thing where they're on at the same time. Or like they're staggered by an hour, so they're both going to be happening at the same time. I don't understand. That's dumb. I agree. Um, the Steelers, in addition to their week one loss, they also suffered a couple of key injuries. They're not going to have Deontay Johnson, their top receiver, for the next couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, and also their stud defensive end, Cameron Hayward, will miss some time with a groin injury. So those are both big blows. And uh, just based on that and what how good the Browns looked week one, I'm going to take Cleveland. Feels weird, but there you go. Yeah, I have Cleveland as well. Commanders at Broncos. Week two and my playoff sleepers are already going head to head. You missed one, you donut. Oh, sorry. <laughs> A little excited there. Chargers at Titans. There we go. Um, Eckler has an ankle injury that we need to keep an eye on. That's why I drafted their backup. Smart. Uh, and didn't even get to this in the week one recap, but uh, Ryan Tannehill was absolutely awful in week one. He threw three picks in that one point loss to the Saints. And this is my eliminator pick. I'm taking the Chargers. I have the Chargers as well. The way you kind of led that sounded like you were taking Tennessee. Tannehill <laughs> looked awful, but this is my eliminator pick. Yeah, I'm not that bold. All right, here we go. Commanders at Broncos. There yeah. we go. Thank you. All right. Playoff sleepers of mine going head to head. And this one, this one's really hard to pick because neither of these teams impressed me in week one. Who are you taking? <laughs> I have the commanders. I think Denver still has a lot to figure out uh, offensively, especially given the fact that a backup running backs that are leading receiver in week one. Yes. Uh, but I can't fault them, right? Like they're coming off of a terrible coaching year. So Sean Payton's got his work cut out. So I don't expect the Broncos to come out hot. Washington is a little bit more continuity, and that's what I think wins over in this one. Yeah. Well, you could argue they're still trying to get their offense figured out, too, with the, the enemy in town. But they also have at least wide receivers where Denver's not <clears throat> practice squad people. Right. This is very true. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> Raiders at Bills I've got next. Uh, Josh Allen will be hoping to bounce back from that terrible week one performance. And for the Raiders, hopefully Jacoby Myers, the receiver, is okay. He had a big game, two touchdowns in their win over Denver, but suffered a concussion concussion late in that game on a really nasty hit. Um, hopefully he's all right. Taking the Bills. Yes. Right, the Bills are not going 0-2. No, I think Allen's going to have a monster game here. Uh, Bears at Bucks, taking Tampa Bay at home. They they showed up on defense. That's I was the one thing I was not expecting from the Vikings was for their offense to struggle. So I think that might say a lot about this Buccaneers defense, especially on the road in Minnesota. So I think they can handle Justin Fields. I picked Chicago to change it up. Cool. No other reason than to just not have a 100% pick rate. That's fine. 40% of people in the ESPN app are with you. Saints at Panthers. This is the other Monday night game. 
Oh, uh, then that's fine. To add injury, yeah, right. No, no one's gonna watch this anyway. So, to add injury to more injury, the Panthers will be without their top cornerback, J.C. Horn, for a while. With also with a hamstring injury, um, taking the Saints. Yes, sir. Colts at Texans, battle of 0-1 teams with rookie quarterbacks at the helm. Anthony Richardson uh, was pretty exciting, though. He showed a lot of good signs in his debut. I'm taking the Colts. I have the Texans. Ooh, I like it. That's a spicy one. (laughs) All right, and then I think the the Cardinals are going to (laughs) resign. Yes, this is appropriately placed. (laughs) Giants at Cardinals. Gross. The team that had the one team that hasn't scored, the only team that hasn't scored a point yet this season against the team starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback. <laughs> how, how exciting. <laughs> Taking the Giants. Yes, I I can't with the Cardinals have no no identity. The Giants had an identity. They just kind of it, it was all on their offensive line. That just didn't show up on Monday. Yeah. This but against a less stout Arizona defense, I, I feel a little bit better about this one. A little bit better, but not enough to make them my eliminator pick. I don't have that much faith. <laughs> oh, that would have been like a really bold choice, but that's fine. All right, let's take one more quick break, come back, and complain about fantasy football. Oh, my favorite part. <laughs> now, let's take a trip down to the and we're back uh let's talk about how much we hate fantasy football you want to go first um how do i say this without being offensive uh i am frustrated with your wife and her can i say can i break some news that i find really funny no Matt Eberflus, the Bears coach, says Chase Claypool could be inactive this week after lack of effort in week one. <laughs> wow. The guy that gave you know up what? the second round pick to acquire last year. See, how many times have we talked about, like, at least my coaching mentality, why I would never get a, a gig as a head coach? Because that's the type of stuff I would do. I don't care if you're the highest paid one. If you're not going to perform and you're not going to play, I'm not starting you. You're not even going to try it? Yeah. That's that's so crazy. So I actually have a lot of respect if there's any validity to that, that if you're yeah. not going to go out and leave it all on the field, that's <laughs> the front office to deal with the money side. I'm supposed to coach a winning team. Right. Okay, sorry. Carry on with your frustration towards my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was all just circumstance, right? Like, who would have thought that Tyreek Hill would have went off? Um same reason why Romeo Dobbs decided to show up <laughs> on a limited snap count. Yeah, right. But I am sort of excited with with, uh, with the prospect of Eckler being down. I do have Josh Kelly, and I did pick up Rashad Johnson from Chicago, who had a really good day. He did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I was, this was what made me mad. I dropped him. Because I needed to pick up uh, a tight end because Andrews was going to be out. So I dropped him because I had like three running backs on my benches. And then he goes off and have a game. So I had to go spend 10 bucks to pick him back up. Uh, at least he got him back. <laughs> and then I picked up 2-2 Atwell to short my receiving core because I'm just, that's where I'm not comfortable with my team. 
I nice. mean, I have yeah. Justin Jefferson. Zay Flowers is supposed to be like a high spot on that Baltimore offense as a rookie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was good too. Uh, Jordan Addison. And I guess you could argue maybe it is my running back position. Joe Mixon didn't do anything. Cam Akers, his position is being threatened, so I'm probably yeah. not going to start him. But I'm going to wait on the Austin Eckler news, and I may put right. Josh Kelly in instead. Good plan. Not much you can do when, uh, yeah, you've got Tyreek Hill scoring 41 on, <laughs> against you. Uh, as for me, I, I went up against the second highest scorer of the week, uh, Jeremy, with 127, thanks to Brandon Ayuk with 30 points. Jordan Love. Oh, I was against Jordan. I didn't know I was supposed to be rooting against Jordan Love that whole time. <laughs> Three <laughs> touchdowns, put up 23, Pat Mahomes, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm so disappointed in, well, Dobbins at least scored a touchdown before tearing his ACL off. Um, I mean, at least you got those points, right? But Lamar Jackson, just six points because he had two turnovers and no touchdowns. I don't really blame Damian Pierce because the running back for Houston, it was a terrible matchup. I don't know. Like, I am playing Alex so, this week, though. When I saw Andrews was out, I picked up Isaiah Likely, their backup tight end. Something like that, yeah. And he got a catch on their first drive. I'm like, okay, great. He had one catch for four yards on their first drive. Was not even targeted again after that. How does it even happen? So he got basically zero. Anyway, week two, I'm against my wife now, so I'm going into the buzzsaw of Tyreek Hill and all those guys. Uh, my concern like right now is the fact that Alex is A.J. Brown. Oh, they're against Nick. Yeah. Nick, yeah. Oh, and he's got Josh Allen, who's going to go off, probably. This will be 0-2. When do we play? Is it the same schedule as last year? I didn't... Yeah, we okay, we play in week four, so... Got that circled on the calendar. <laughs> All right. And yes, I spent a lot of money to acquire two. No, not two, two. You got two, two. I, I got Puka. Puka Nakua is on my team. It's my big waiver wire pickup. So we'll see if I can start him or not. Probably not against San Francisco, actually. It's <laughs> so. not good when the uh, when the team playlist of like updates said, my second one says, should fantasy managers start Geno Smith? And I'm kind of like, I don't have many other options. You don't really have a choice, yeah. Unless you want to trade me someone for Baker Mayfield. Got him chilling on my bench. Oh, maybe. Talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, um, disappointing start to the fantasy season as usual. But uh, as usual, things can change quickly. So that's why they play the games, as they say. I do want to say that in terms of the East division standings that we are both in, I am above you. Yeah, you scored more points than me by a lot, so I got some so catch-up. I'm just going to take that win. Fair enough. I, I, can't, I have no comeback because my team sucks already. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope to, that Joe Mixon has a bounce back against Baltimore. I feel like that's a bold hope. But I also just realized that I have Cam Akers against the Niners defense, and I feel like that's just bad strategy. <laughs> we're going to correct this right now. <laughs> and we're going to do that. And we're going to click the save button because I did that one week. I didn't click save, and then all of a sudden we started, and I was like, oh. Oh, that no. Was, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Um, 
thanks for joining me once again, Matt, uh, to air our grievances. And Aaron Rodgers, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, New York Jets fans. <laughs> Rodgers, if you listen to this, because I know you do. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, you have now put me in a state of misery, not because you got injured, but because I'm going to have to listen to Mike for the next 17 weeks cry and mope about the Jets' <laughs> performances. Every, You know, every loss, I'm going to say, it would have won that with Rodgers. I know. There's a whole what if universe out there of if Rogers. And one of these healthy. times you're not going to realize that while we're recording, I'm driving to your house. <laughs> and in the middle of the podcast, you're just going to hear a knock on your door. And then screaming sounds as the podcast ends for the very last time. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I'm just going to tear your Achilles. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> That's fair. And then leave you by the front door. <laughs> Okay, well, until then, <laughs> enjoy the games. Good luck in fantasy because we're not playing each other, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans and remember we will see you next week on the gridiron